a good story of the disciples. It's in Luke 22, and it's right after the Last Supper. And in Luke, 24, uh, Luke 22, after Jesus broke bread and gave it to the disciples, it says in verse 23 that they, being the disciples, began to question one another which of them it could be who was going to do this. And a dispute also arose among them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. Keep in mind, context. Jesus is about to go to the cross. Jesus just told them, hey, this is my body that's going to be broken for you. Here's my blood that's being poured out for you. And what are the disciples talking about? They're talking about who's going to be the greatest. The kings of the Gentiles, and so Jesus said this to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them and those in authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as one who serves for who is the greater, for who is the greater, one who reclines at a table or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I among you, says Jesus, I am the one who serves. Jesus came to serve not to be served. Jesus came to bless, not to be blessed. Does that make sense? And that word bless is a word that I wanna concentrate today. And I want us to receive that blessing today because it's really hard to bless without being blessed first. We can do good things and, and we can do our best to be good people. And, and we can try to go through difficult seasons in our life like well sometimes, but there comes a moment where we need, where we need the Lord. And you may be in that moment today. And you're like, man, I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to do the right thing. I'm, I'm tired of, of trying to do the hard thing. I need something to, to, to put fuel into my system, into my soul, so that I can actually move forward. And the Lord's currency is blessing. It is blessing. So now I want to turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. We've been in 1 and 2 Peter, and I'm going to go to chapter 3, verse 8. Peter says, finally, he's been talking about husbands and wives. We're not going to talk about that, although I love talking about marriage. If you ever want to talk about marriage, let's talk about marriage. Pull me aside, and I'd love to talk to you about marriage. Have I told you that I love talking about marriage? I love talking about marriage. But we're not talking about marriage today. This says, finally, all of you in verse eight, have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, let's all say that together. Bless. Come on now, let's all say that together. Bless. For to this you are called that you may obtain a blessing. We're talking about blessing. Jesus came to bless. God from the beginning came to bless. I'll talk about Abraham here in a second, but I wanna to talk to you about crosstalk right now because did you know that crosstalk is God's vehicle of blessing for the nations, for Texas State, for families, and for individuals? Did you know that God has used Texas State, or Crosstalk, to bless Texas State for many, many, many years to reach the nations, to change cities, to change families and people's lives. 
Crosstalk is a vehicle of blessing. I remember when I first came into Crosstalk, we wanted to be a blessing and some things were a blessing and some things were not. I'll tell you both. One of the things that have always been a blessing at Crosstalk has been relationships, the community that we have at Crosstalk. It's not been manufactured. It's not been strategically like, you know, hey, if we do this, this, and this, we're going to have strong relationships across talk. It's never, it's never, it's always just happened. People have gathered, gone to crosstalk, showed up in community group. And what happens? People are loved. People felt welcomed. People feel like family. Do you feel that? Have you felt that at crosstalk? That's blessing. That's God's blessing to you through crosstalk. Now, Sometimes we get a little high and mighty. And sometimes we get into these arguments like the ones that the, the, the disciples are right after the Last Supper. And we're like, I want to be, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, for me, it was like, I want to be the captain of the, of the football intramural, you know, team. You know, I was, I was low man on the, on the totem pole at the beginning. And then I was like, man, I can't wait to be the captain. Never got there. This guy named John Deachin, he was taller, uh, better looking. He was stronger. He was, he was faster. He threw better. You know, he had long blonde hair and, and he, he ended up, you know, being that guy and, and the convener of the intramural football team. Maybe, maybe now it's Frisbee. Maybe now it's like, man, I want to be the convener of Frisbee. On, on Wednesday night, I don't know. My point is that sometimes we get other things uh, th- that distract us from being a blessing when we try to elevate ourselves above another. Another point, and this is not a bad thing, but we wanted to bless our, our, our um, we wanted to bless our college so we would do outreach in different ways. So there was a free thought society. They may still be around. I think now they're called like secular at Texas State or something like that. And we were like, man, we're gonna go love on them. We're gonna go just preach the gospel and we're going to go show them that Jesus followers are kind and meek and patient. Oh man, we were at Tantra and we all sat around this table and it started out great. You know, and there were, there was a good group of guys and good group of girls. Fun, fun fact, that was the second time I ever saw my wife, Taylor. She was sitting back. She was actually being really meek and listening to this conversation. Well, our intention to be a blessing turned around real quickly because they came aggressively. And instead of us, you know, doing what this verse, uh, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for uh, reviling, but on the contrary, bless for to this you were called. Y'all, it got heated. And they started name calling and they started, the, and, 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 you know, there's this little girl, her name was Heather. And she just started like going, I was like, you have no idea, Jesus, don't offend Jesus. Like he's my Lord and he's changed my life. And then all these other people kind of got on and, and it was not a source of blessing. It just wasn't. So anyway, my point being is sometimes we want to be blessings, but it's just hard to be blessings because other people don't want to bless. Other people want to come at us with, with, with stabs, you know, if, if we say that Jesus has blessed us and has changed our lives, man, and we talk to somebody about that. We talk about the biggest blessing that we've ever received and we get a dagger in return. How are we gonna handle that? And so I wanna continue on and, and see how, because here's my point today. The world needs God's blessing and he's going to use you to bless. He's going to use you 
to bless. And it's hard because sometimes we come across, uh, you know, people that are close to us or people that are far away that are hard to bless. Before we keep on going, let me define blessing because we use bless for all sorts of things, don't you? God bless you and hashtag blessed and bless up. Although does anyone say that anymore? Bless up. Yeah, I didn't think so. We use blessing for all sorts of things, you know? Hey, oh, bless your heart. So the, the definition is blessing is the pronouncement of the favor of God upon an assembled congregation or a person. So the pronouncement of the favor of God upon an assembled congregation or a person. So you pronounce the favor of God over someone. That's blessing. Now, why would you do that? Well, that's where I want to go to Abraham. Abraham was a dude that lived in the land of Ur, and God called him out of the land of Ur to the land of Canaan, which he had promised his people through Abraham. And we read in Hebrews chapter 12, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse you and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through Abraham. Fast forward about 2000 years and we get Jesus from the line of Abraham. He is the way that the whole world was blessed. It was Jesus. We'll finish with Jesus, but go with me here. My point with Abraham is Abraham did nothing to earn God's blessing. Nothing. And we need to remember, as we are God's vehicle of blessing, that other people cannot and will not earn God's blessing. So why would they have to earn our blessing. If we have received God's blessing for free, if we have received God's favor for free, why do we withdraw blessing? Now, one of the reasons that we get this blessing thing confused is because we think that we need to accept another person's behavior in order to bless. We don't need to do that because God is obviously obviously against many things. God's blessing comes against the opposite of blessing is curses. Sin cursed us to death. All of sin leads to death. So anything that is sin robs God's blessing from our life. But does God's love stop because we sin? It doesn't. God's kindness is what leads us into repentance, says Romans. So, so when, when we see somebody that, that is hard to bless, we need to remember, man, did we, did I earn God's blessing? No, and God doesn't accept our behavior, but he loves us. And because he loves us, we change our behavior. It's God's love that compels us to change and live holy and blessed life. So in Proverbs, I'm kind of going all over the place, but now I'm kind of getting on a roll and I'm like ready to preach. So in Proverbs, we read that when we obey God, we will reap blessings. So when we do what's right, we are blessed. And when we do what's wrong, we are 
So that's basically the book of Proverbs. It's black and white, black and white. The book of Job then is kind of interesting according to that line of thinking because the book of Job, Job, all of his family dies. He loses all of his livestock, his home. He loses everything. Did God, did, did, was, was God punishing Job because of his sin? We find out that that's not the case we find out that Job actually did not deserve the punishment that he was suffering. The reason why Job was suffering was because our world is in a broken state. And the, many of the reasons why people struggle is not because of the consequence of their sin. It may be, but it's probably more so the consequence of their broken reality. And isn't that case true for you and for me? We come into this place, and we bring our brokenness here. Not only that stuff that we do, but also that other stuff that other people have done to us that we carry. And Jesus wants to bless us in those places, and he wants to replace those things, those curses, with his blessing so that we can be vehicles to bless other people. So God does not accept... God does not accept all of our behaviors and God does not bless all of our behaviors. But just like Abraham, he blessed him first. And then you may know the story of Isaac, where Abraham takes his only son. He's told to take his only son up up on a mountain and sacrifice him for, for, for God. And he does it not knowing what is coming up next. It was faith that Abraham acted upon. And then... Then God created what? He created what? He created, well, he didn't create, he brought down a ram. And, and that ram was, was that sacrificial uh, uh, thing that, that replaced his son. Now Jesus replaces our sin. God replaced our sin with his son's blood. That's the source of where we get our blessing. So continuing on, 1 Peter 3, we were at 9, do not repay evil for evil, for reviling, for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. Then he, he reads out of Psalm 34 in verse 10, for whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Here's, here's where we get that. We, we see now that God's face truly is against evil. God does not want evil. He doesn't want it in our life. He doesn't want it in our, in, our, in our family's life. He doesn't want it on Texas State's campus. He doesn't want evil. His face turns away from evil. But let's keep on reading. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. We're gonna finish with verse 17, two more verses. Having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame for it is better to suffer for doing good if that should be God's will than for doing evil. 
The point here is a point that I would have loved to have known when I was sitting in that table at Tantra, that suffering is gonna come. When we call upon the name of Jesus, that's going to separate us from the world. But that should not ever stop us blessing those who come against the name of Jesus. Quite the contrary. If we are not blessing, then the world is not receiving God's blessing. We are stopping it right here. And we're saying it's about me and about me only and not about Luke 6, 28, these are the words of Jesus. He says, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Romans 12, 14 says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. 1 Corinthians 4, 11 through 13 says, to this very hour, we go hungry and thirsty. We are in rags. We are brutally treated. We are homeless. We work hard with our hands. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. This is going to happen. And what we've experienced as Crosstalk Student Ministries over the last year, not being able to worship on campus, and I know we're at LBJ and it's cold and we're in here, and I love being in here, but we have to go out there because God's blessing needs to go forth at Texas State. And he's using you, and he's using you, and he's using you, and you, and you, and you. And so we must bless. We must bless. So I, I don't know where um, you are, whether your blessing tank is empty or your blessing tank is overflowing. I hope it's overflowing, but I, I felt it um, at worship that we need to receive God's blessing today so that we can go out and be a blessing. And it's important and, and, and okay to say, Lord, I need to be poured into. I need you. And I want to remind us of what we just talked about. We can't earn it. We can't earn it. And if there's stuff that's, that, 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 that you're struggling with, there's tension in, in your soul, if there's some way that maybe you, you, you may be offending God's way where, where you realize, man, God doesn't, God doesn't like what I'm doing or I'm, this is going on in secret. I need a change. Then know that it is his kindness that leads us to repentance, not his threatening. Oh, if you don't, then I will come down with curses. No, our sin does that. Thank God. <laughs> like sin leads to death. Praise the Lord. You know, it's, it's a blessing that there are consequences to our actions. And it's a blessing that we are in a community where we can be there for one another and call each other out in love. And so if that's you, just know that God loves you and his favor is being pronounced to you today. Worship band, come back up. I have four beautiful kids and they're starting to ask me, hey, who's your favorite? I'm like, don't even because depending on how, what their mood is, I'll pick. And it's usually, I won't tell you who. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't have favorites. You know that parents are not allowed to have favorites. And if your parent ever told you that you're their favorites, you're not an only child. You need to go to your brother and your sister and you say, hey, you're God's 
favorite because that's what I love about this word blessing. This blessing means a pronouncement of God's favor to others, to a group of people. And you are God's favorite. And if you don't hear anything else, hear that tonight. Man, you're God's favorite. And God's the only one that can have favorites because he can actually love all of his kids the same. I cannot. I cannot love all my kids the same. Why do I know that? Because I've tried. And because I'm a faulty father. I fall short. My kids' needs greatly exceed what I have to offer. I fall short as a dad every day. And I apologize as much as I, you know, remember to do that and say, man, your heavenly father is not like me. I'm striving to be like your heavenly father, but you have a heavenly father that's perfect. And you have a heavenly father, Ayla, Micah, Samuel, and Ezra that, that sees you and that calls you my favorite. And he can do that to all of us. And so if your tank is empty, hear those words. You are God's favorite. And allow that to revolutionize your today and tomorrow and and next week. Just meditate on that and allow that to fill your cup. It's not what you do that's your favorite, that's his favorite. It's who you are. And what we do, just like Abraham, he was blessed and so he went forth. And so we are blessed and we go forth, we change. We say, Lord, I'm laying these ways down. I'm stopping this thing. I'm, I'm treating this person differently from now on. I'm treating myself differently from now on. Receive that word from God. You are his favorite. And allow that to fill your cup till you overflow. And then you go out to every person that you see, man, pray as you walk Texas State and San Marcos or wherever you live and say, God, I want to be a blessing. I want, just show me somebody to bless. It's going to take seconds or minutes or or maybe half a day, but he's going to show you somebody. He's going to put you in a situation where, you know, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is God. And you can just say something simple like, man, God loves you or, hey, your hair looks really pretty. Guys, you can say that too, but girls, it'll be more, you know, effective if you say that to another girl. Say something that'll, that'll brighten their day, that'll put a smile on their face. It doesn't take much to bless. The problem is that we're focused on being the greatest. We're focused on being the greatest student. We're focused on being the greatest leader. We're focused on being the greatest boyfriend, girlfriend, friend. Or we're focused on, you know, ourselves, being the greatest self. Want to be your greatest self, but your greatest self is found in Jesus when you are fully alive. That's when you're going to be your greatest self. So let's do that. As we close out in worship, feel free to sit, to stand, to ask for prayer, but let's allow our